0: Welcome in to another episode of Tuesday's R for Talking. I'm your host, Nathan Brown. This week... I had a chance to sit down with Pastor Kevon Lieberd and one of our assistant children's ministers, Alyssa Jacobs. We're going to talk all things M-Kids, but really more than M-Kids. We're going to talk about Pastor Kevon and Alyssa and go behind the scenes with them a little bit to hear more about their journeys and their stories and how they got from where they were to where they are. I know you're going to enjoy getting to know them a little better, so let's get into that conversation right now. Well, as you heard on our intro today, we have some very special guests, my friends, Kevon, Leiberd, Alyssa Jacobs. How are y'all doing today? Great to see you. I'm Hi, good. Doing good. Awesome. Um, Alyssa, I'd love to just start with you. As you know, this is a staff spotlight. We want to kind of get to know different people on our staff, in particular, those who are leading folks here in our church and leading ministry areas. And um, you're a fairly social person, And I I think a lot of people probably already know you, but for those who are new or don't, as both of you know, we've had a number of people who've joined and connected to Mosaic since we have been in COVID. Many have never even been in the building. And so there may be quite a few people that in spite of your best Extroverted efforts may not actually know who you are. So let's get to know Alyssa Jacobs. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, your childhood. Did you grow up in church? Did you not? Whatever you think we should know about you.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is a lot to know about Alyssa Jacobs. And I'm so glad that I get this opportunity to tell you guys. Alyssa Jacobs is Minnesotan. So, in other words, if you hear any words that don't sound like the way you say them, it's because Minnesotans say it that way. So, I was born and raised in Minnesota. I come from a mom who's from Wisconsin and a dad who's from Panama. So you can just imagine uh, my household, it was loud, and uh, the food was not as bland as I had wish it was. <laughs> uh, I'm like the black sheep of the family. I don't like it spicy. So, um but the, all the rest of it, all the rest of my family did. So. Wait, wait, wait. You don't up. like
0: spicy food, but you moved to Texas on purpose. I'm confused already I, just a minute or two in here.
1: No, I don't like spicy food. I don't like pepper spicy food. I like ginger spicy, but I do not like pepper spicy. To the detriment of my husband.
0: Okay. Well, to each their own. And
2: your dad is a chef.
1: And my dad is a chef. So in other words, I had the best food. I had the best food and I totally rejected it. I'm so sorry, dad. So So sad. Yeah. I mean, Gregory, my husband, Gregory, if he puts too much pepper in my eggs, then I'm telling him, (laughs) which is, which is hard. Um, Anyway, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, South Side. Uh, Grew up in the church. I come from a family of people that are pastors on my dad's side. His mom was known as Ma, and she was a pastor in Panama, helped the Holy Spirit movement there. And then on my mom's side, I have my uncle Tom, who married me in uh, Princess Bride fashion as a monk. I'm telling you, it was awesome. Uh, he was Assemblies of God pastor, uh, and still works within that church. So, as well as all their kids, I grew up in ministry. Uh, doing ministry, I was there at the church before the lights were on, and I was there at the church when the lights got turned off, and then I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So, I grew up in the church. I grew up knowing God on a regular basis, uh, and connecting with God on a regular basis.
0: I'm sort of that same way, and throughout the podcast, at different points, I've we've talked with different people about their testimonies. Um, I'm just curious, you know, from your background, was there like a a real moment you can point to where, you know, that you surrendered your heart to Jesus and decided to follow, or was it kind of like you looked up and went, well, I've always believed this and I still believe this. Um, What what was it like for you?
1: Uh, For me, I had great Sunday school teachers or children's ministry teachers, and uh, they really did uh, do their best with making sure that I was making a personal connection past what my parents were doing for me, which was my parents are such faithful people. Uh, so when I was six years old, I remember it because I went home and I was excited to tell my mom when I was six years old, one of my teachers led me through a salvation prayer. And so when I went home, I was excited to tell my mom about it. And I still remember that moment. And when I was in third grade, our children's pastor, uh, saw some giftings in me that even I did not recognize. And he baptized me in the Holy Spirit um, because of those giftings. And he walked me through that process. And so that really stuck with me. And then when I was in the summer of, before sixth grade, I was baptized uh, at summer camp. All great experiences and all things I really remember, those exact moments and cherish them.
0: That's great. Kivon, how about you? Let's hear about that same season in your life.
2: I was born in New Jersey. I'm the son of two immigrants from a small island called St. Kitts and Nevis. And so my parents um, grew up. And they raised me on spicy food, the opposite of Alyssa. (laughs) And I absolutely love spicy food to this day. My mom is the best cook that I know, and she can throw down. So anytime I get to see her, I have wonderful food, and it's as hot as can be. My wife, Katie, often said that she needs to spice it up some more. She'll try to tone it down for us, and the kids were like, no, we need more. So anyways, um, I was born in New Jersey. I'm son of immigrants. I'm a military brat, though. So my dad got in the military. He joined the Army when I was young. And then we moved to Kansas, uh, which is where actually I got saved. So I was only four years old. But I remember the moment to this day. There's very few memories I have of being four. One of them was our house where we lived in Kansas. And one of them was walking to the altar. And it's crazy. Like Those are like two main memories from that time. And um, it's clearly when I was four, because we left a year later. We were only there for one year. Then we moved to Germany. I grew up overseas on an army base in Germany. And um, I spent time there until I was 17. And then when I was 17, uh, we moved to Hawaii. My dad got out of the military. He retired there. So I graduated from school in Hawaii and then went to Bible school for two years. And it was during that time, it was one of the moments that I clearly saw God um, move in my life during those two years right there. And so if you want to talk about like key moments when I was young, when I was 18, those kind of stood out as real big ones. And then I moved on to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where I met my wife, Katie. So I have a few of those moments that um, really sustained me until I was 31. And then at the age of 31, I feel like I had like a new awakening. Like I have different levels. It's not like I got saved again, but it's just like I went to the next level with God and like, that's a point of my life where i could really pinpoint like wow something changed me and god had a deep relationship and um it really stands out to me at that point
0: that's great man that was a a very uh, long story in a short amount of time that's a lot of life right there that you just covered in like two minutes well done well done i
2: I tried to um i tried to condense it
0: (laughs) well we'll come back and ask you some interesting questions about Germany and Hawaii, but Alyssa, I'd love to get back with you and hear a little bit more as you sort of transition into adulthood, how, how you met your husband, how you guys got to Texas. So we got to hear that story because I know that's a story people need to hear for sure.
1: That is definitely a story I wouldn't be able to do in two minutes like Kevon just did his whole life. Almost,
0: You take so. all the time you need. Don't you worry about what Kevon just did.
1: Uh, my adult life was I met my husband through my ex boyfriend, uh, we and it, he was at his house, his apartment, playing on his new PlayStation. I think it was like the PlayStation Two. It was brand new. Uh, Might have been the three. Maybe I don't want to age myself too much, if you know what I mean. Um, so I met him at an ex boyfriend's ap- apartment, and uh, we hit it off right away. Uh, we have a three and a half year difference. <laughs> And I'm the older one, so I was in college and he was still in high school. We got married young, not when he was still in high school, but uh, yes, we hit off right away. I didn't really want to ever not talk to him again. We talk; we have talked every day, every day since we've met. And he says I'm going to be the one to break it. I don't believe him, so it's okay. So we're go- We have just uh, gone through our 16th year wedding anniversary. Wow, congrats. Um, Thank you. Um, We lived in Minneapolis or Minnesota most of our married life. We did take a little desert trip to Albuquerque, New Mexico early on in our marriage, and we enjoyed it uh, after the fact. (laughs) But we moved back to Minnesota and I got into ministry. I started uh, my first paid ministry job as a director of children's ministry in Minnesota. And soon a year or so afterwards, starting that job, God really started putting on us that change was coming. And we kind of knew what that meant. We knew that there was a big move coming. And by this time, we had all four of our kids. By the way, I have four kids. We had all four of our kids. And so we just prayerfully sought God on what this big change, this big move was going to be. And the only question I asked of God was, "Bring me, like, please, please bring me to where there's family," because I was going to be moving away from all of my family. And so, as we went through the a year process of praying and fasting and seeking God and bringing out maps and praying over the maps and getting direction from God, sooner or later we got directed straight to Texas. And from there, uh, we prayed over the map, and God brought us to Austin. But before and when we got Austin, then we started praying over what church, what family. And my this is a this is a great story considering we're on a podcast. <laughs> my husband loves listening to new talk news and uh, podcasts, and so he was at work one day, and he was trying to listen to Minnesota talk radio, and it wouldn't play. He tried going to different cities, wouldn't play. Tried going to different states, Wisconsin right next door, wouldn't play. And so finally he's like, okay, I'll go to Texas <laughs> on Talk News. right? And it played. And, you know, it was one of those old iPhone uh, podcasts. I, no, excuse me, Apple podcast or pod. What, what are they called? The little ones. The iPod. The ones.
0: You're talking about the iPod?
1: The iPods. IPod, yeah. Okay. Start again. <laughs>
2: You mean back when it was like iTunes podcast before it was Apple podcast?
1: It it wasn't an iPhone. It was an iPod.
0: That's great.
1: He was, of course, listening on one of those iPods. And so he started listening to Austin talk radio. And he decided to start looking for a church and podcast from there. And we ran into CCC, which was Christ Community Church and would soon become Mosaic after we moved down here. And we made the big faith move. We showed up the Sunday after we moved down here, met up with Pastor Barnabas before he was Pastor Barnabas. He was just Barnabas then. And uh, he introduced us straight to Pastor Morgan. And that's where this beautiful love story for us in our church uh, blossomed.
2: So you're telling me that you guys listened to a podcast and then moved to Austin And then joined the church without ever living here.
1: Yes. Without any, we didn't know anybody. Um, (laughs) We uh, found a house. Nope, no jobs. Uh, There's a great faith story in that with God revealing to us through dreams and um, visions that we were in the right direction. And we just faithfully stepped out onto those dreams and visions and kept on going
2: nice had you at least visited austin
1: no no so you've never showed been up in austin. That's so great. we showed up in austin with our trailer full of our household goods and our children and uh and a roommate even
0: <laughs> <laughs> brought the roommate with you we're moving to texas roommate roommate. With us. <laughs> you still want a room you're going to texas too exactly. oh that is crazy
2: <laughs> it's funny i have a similar story of getting to austin but it's not Because, you know, God just said, hey, listen to this podcast and move to Austin. (laughs) But it is still pretty cool. So I, after college, I coached football and taught chemistry. So, So for most of my whole adult life, I've been an educator. And we lived in the Dallas area for two years. And then we moved to my wife's hometown of Del Rio, which is two and a half hours southwest of San Antonio on the Texas border. And we spent two years down there and we knew that we needed to make a move and when we went to make a move i came up and interviewed at akins high school in south austin but i didn't have my chemistry certification at that time i only had biology i was a biology major in college and they wanted someone who was composite certified which meant that i needed to be able to teach physics chemistry whatever they wanted so i come up i do the interview and knock it out the ballpark and they say hey you have to pass this test and we have a job for you so if you pass this test then you can have this job. Well, I go to take the test. We're not gonna get the results until sometime in July, but we still needed to move. And so we looked at apartments, we figured out, you know what, we're gonna trust God. We believe that this is where he's aiming us. We're gonna move. So we packed up our house in Del Rio. We did all the things that we're supposed to do. We have a move date. And I kid you not, I go to get the U-Haul truck. I'm at the U-Haul place. I step into the driver's seat and I get an email on my phone. And that email were the test results. So I opened it up, I passed. And I was like, ooh, thank God, because I'm about to go load this truck up and move to Austin. So if I had not passed, we would have moved to Austin and I had no job. Wow. But it worked out that I had a job. So we moved here and then um, the rest is history. We've been here 10 years now. So it's crazy how God will just move you and faith to where you're supposed to be, even though you don't know exactly how it's supposed to work out. So much like Alyssa, we're like, all right, I guess this is where you're taking us. Let's go. All right, now we're here.
0: Well, sounds like both of you had your own kind of test to get to Austin. I had actually no choice in moving to Austin. I, <laughs> I was I was living with my parents, and uh, it was in the fifth grade when we moved here. So there was no test involved in me choosing to come here. But I'm glad I did. Uh, some. 31 years ago. My goodness, that's been a long time. Uh, so let's talk talk a little bit more about how you moved into the roles that you're in now. And and really kind of uh, what we'd really love to hear about is just the call behind that. You know, wh- why you feel called to spend, you know, the majority of your waking hours <laughs> sewing into the lives of people at Mosaic Church. And let's go with Alyssa first. I'd love to kind of hear your story about that.
1: Sure, Uh, I started here at Mosaic Church uh, almost four years ago. In January, it will be four years of uh, being on staff at Mosaic Church. And I started off as the children's ministry coordinator and I like to say it it was a tailor made suit for me. Uh, God really uh, did well by me by giving me that sweet tailored uh, role And I have always been involved in children's ministry in one way or another, because I really do feel drawn to taking care of God's children in a way that in spiritual formation, in their spiritual formation. So I started here as the children's ministry coordinator, and I am now currently the assistant children's minister for MKIDS. And for all those amazing M kids videos that you put your kids in front of, I'm the one piecing those together and putting them out there for you guys right now, as we're in our uh, closing stage, we're still closed in M kids for in person. So uh, I hope you guys are enjoying those things. It's not part of the job that I ever thought I'd be doing, but (laughs) I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad
2: at it. it. it, You're, You're good at it. That's the problem. Video producer
0: extraordinaire, uh, right, right there. Looking at her, those videos are fantastic. By the way, like if you're an adult listening to this podcast and you have not ever browsed the M Kids YouTube page, you totally should. You should check out some of what they've got going on over there. It's really awesome. I actually administer good videos almost every time. Oh, okay, blooper videos. Yeah, let's get some of those.
2: Oh, Oh, wait a second.
0: (laughs)
1: Oh
2: my goodness, he has to find one
1: there no don't the third through fifth grade videos the third through fifth grade videos right in the beginning you can find some great pastor keep on bloopers let me tell you i love
2: (laughs) it it's a running joke Uh, at this point now (laughs)
0: that is amazing yes
1: so (laughs) i've been a part of children's ministry and future generations i've helped with youth before and been a youth uh leader uh and i am i am passionate about leading our next generation in their relationship with God and leading them to a place that they feel safe and loved and seen and that God, they know God loves them for who they are and right where they're at. And so I feel like I will continue to do that uh, for the rest of my life, whether I continue in this titled role or a different role, I will definitely always want to be with our young and next generation.
0: One of the things, Alyssa, that I love about you is, as I've observed you over the years, you know, having my own kids back there and them kids and uh, spending a little bit of time back there, you really seem to have, I don't even know if passion is the right word. I'll let you decide what word to use, but there's this thing that comes out of you sort of just, it just, It's the overflow of the heart is what it is um, that desires to convey a spiritual reality to our kids. And I, I absolutely love that because I think, you know, there's a lot of people that can do clever things. There's a lot of people that can do fun things. There's a lot of people that can create safe environments, but you have to really believe in a spiritual reality that transcends what you can see, feel, taste, touch, and all of that, and then to want to impart that and to bring that reality into the minds of people where it's just as real as what they can see, smell, taste, touch, that has to be something that you just carry with you. Like You can't fake that. You know what I mean? You can't just read a book and then go do that. It's got to be something that you really walk in every single day, and then you just show up and you expose that part of your own inner life uh, and invite people along the road. I would love to hear you actually talk in your own words about that aspect of uh, how you see your ministry to our kids, because I think it's one of um, the unique sort of thumbprints that we have among all the other really, really important things that we do but but really co- conveying the spiritual reality that we live in to our young people. And I think they have the capacity to grasp it. And I know you think that too. And I would love to hear you talk about that for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When I shared my story about me growing up and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit first, it's because I was already walking in a lot of the giftings that the Holy Spirit uh, had just given me from childhood. And so my pastor walked me through those giftings early on in order to be able to live naturally in the supernatural, right? Because that was already a part of my life. The supernatural was a natural place for me. And so I have not known a life outside of the supernatural. I don't have a remembrance outside of that. And I think that's true for a lot of our kids. The spiritual giftings that you have in as adults, were given to you as a child, too. Uh, God will bring those to remembrance for you. And people, as they grow closer to to Christ in their adulthood, they will realize, I was like this as a child. Um, And so supporting our children as to where they are now in their giftings is is where my heart really is for that. And that's probably... um, I would probably also use the word passion. I have a, pa- <laughs> I have a passion for Christ. Um, and that means that wherever you, he tells me to go, I'll go. And whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. But whoever he wants me to come alongside, I also want to come alongside. And that means I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel for him to fill up. And if I overflow, i that's the place I want to be. I don't want to fill up for my own vessel's sake. I want to fill up and overflow for the sake of others. Uh, When we teach the Holy Spirit um, gifts and our fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control to our kids, it's because fruit is not meant. You are not a fruit to eat yourself. You are a fruit to give away. So give away love, give away joy, give away peace. Well, they'll know us by our fruits and they'll enjoy the good fruits. And so as kids, a a child's love is amazing, amazing. And anybody who has been able to experience child's love knows it because they have that Holy Spirit fruit in Mm. them. Mm. And it's amazing for it to partake and share in and enjoy. And kids need to know that and adults need to know that. So hey, we're naturally supernatural. That's also a great girl class. If you guys need to sign
0: up for that, <laughs> shameless plug. I love it. No, you're so you're so right. And I remember having similar experiences when I was young. And you know, one of the things that, one of the moments I guess, uh, and all the people that I've asked for advice about raising kids. I have four kids as well. I guess one of them's not a kid anymore, 20-year-old man. But I have four children. I have four spawn, Alyssa, four spawn. Um, but, but I remember talking with Jim LaFoon one time actually about kids because he's got a lot of kids. And you know what? Some people may not know about him. And if you don't know who he is, my apologies. Bear with me for a moment. But he talked to me about the importance of raising your kids to hear God's voice. And, you know, that, that is a challenging thing to do. But w- what I found was, you know, he, he told me, he said, listen, ask them every night to pray and to listen, so not just to talk to God, but to, to listen. Does God speak back? And uh, he said, you know, when I first started doing this, I thought, well, what if they just make something up, you know, and they just tell me God said, and he said, and then I just decided I don't actually care. <laughs> like I want them to anticipate hearing the voice of God. And I would rather them think they're hearing from God when they're not, than to not hear God when he's speaking. And, uh, and anyway, as I'm listening to you talk about kids, that story comes back to mind. So I just thought that I would share that. Maybe that's helpful for someone out there. But I appreciate that you... Are trying hard to cultivate that kind of environment with our kids, and I know it's so dang hard when it's all on video. And before we get off the the podcast today, maybe we'll see where we're at with all that, and we'll hear from the horses' mouths mouths of the the two of you about just what you're thinking about in person stuff. But anyway, I just I love that about you, Kevon. There's a million things that I love about you as well. Uh, of course, I, I love the passion and the energy and like the uh, the the love for life that you bring to the table, and that. When you get around kids, they seem to really like wake up like there's something inside of them that just wakes up. And of course, you have that effect on people of all ages. I love seeing kids when they see you. They, It's like a light switch comes on. And when that light switch comes on, now you can access something that you couldn't before. And you're able to impart all kinds of different things to our kids. So anyway, I'm just kind of bragging on you here for just a little bit, but I would actually love to hear from you as well. When you sort of look at children's ministry and you look at what God's called you to, I mean, of course you mentioned being an educator. I think you know, Your calling as a uh, someone who invests in children isn't limited to the church, clearly. You've been doing that outside the church. You're doing that inside the church. You can do it in, in both now and in the future. But I, I just want to kind of hear from you about where that passion comes from and what are some of the, the focal points for you when you think, man, I'm going to interact with this kid this is or this group of children. Uh, this is what I want to impart to them and why. Talk us through that just a little bit more.
2: So you already talked about um, something that I was going to bring up. So you beat me to the punch. And that's like with education, with pastoring, it's all the same for me. Um, I've been working with kids since I like, graduated college. And like first job right out the bat was a Sylvan learning center, working with kids that were getting tutoring. And then after that, I started teaching. And after teaching all the way up until now, it's always been about kids and i love being around kids and um from any age range my especially before coming to mosaic was really the older kids i got to be around high schoolers teenagers every single day um it was always fun being able to really interact with them and my mission has not changed so you know Kids, we always talk about our goal is to help kids to love god more and to love each other more and it's been the same thing when i was either whether here at mosaic or when i was teaching now it's just a little bit more overt there it was covert so when you're in the public school system you still have the opportunity to teach these same things to kids you just don't come out and say it in the same way and so one thing that I always was working on was making sure that kids knew the love of god from me while they're in school so kids felt safe to talk to me come to me to say this is what's going on in my life you are able to impart a lot of wisdom um grace love into a kid's life even if they don't realize that you are talking about Christ's love and i love that i get to do that now just completely in the open and i get to share with kids about what it's like to be a christian to love others to love god and so that's just something that's always been a part of me always wanted to be around kids always love being around kids always love um the opportunity to make things better for kids around us so um that passion has always been there i think it'll always be there like you said no matter what role i'm doing it'll still always be to influence children and the youth
1: one of my favorite things about pastor Kivon, and you're right nathan like when when the kids see him they yell out PK like they're running <laughs> and they're excited to see him when they see him but one of my favorite things about pastor Kevon is his team mentality when it comes to us as team members and those that are working in the ministry it's a team mentality when he's talking to the kids we are in this together like he is a coach still through and through we probably could start calling him you know pastor coach or something but uh he is a coach through and through and it it just helps symbolize to our children what the body of Christ is meant to be. Working together, loving each other, loving God.
2: Man, I was Coach library for over a decade before I was PK. So Coach Library is what, like was always called her coach bird or birdie or whatever they wanted to call me i've been coaching for years and Alyssa's right like one of the things that i stress all the time which is why she's able to say this team like it's never about me it's never me doing anything by myself i'm all about the team i still get to coach people um i still get to coach kids that's where i feel like god's called me to excel is to be able to coach people encourage people Uh, push them along. And it's all about the whole team. So I I love any aspect of that. Anytime I get to do something in that area, I'm going to feel right at home.
0: Man, I love that so much. And I have a very broad theology personally about what it means to be a pastor. And definitely, I think, you know, being a coach falls in to, to the same kind of vein. I mean, you're, you're 90% of it is is the same. You know, it just really is when you look at the core functions and uh, what you do with the lives of people, shepherding people. You know, if you're a coach, you're a shepherd. You know, if you're a children's pastor, you're a shepherd. and you get yeah. the clock, you know?
2: Yeah, that very first head coach— um, Joe McBride, when I was working in Frisco, who's at Liberty High School, um, he told me one day, sat me down, and he said that he believed that coaching was his ministry, that you know, coaching was the way that he was going to impact thousands and thousands of kids for Christ. And it wasn't in the church. And I took that to heart at that moment. And I've always believed that, like, that is a way that you can change people's lives. People used to joke with me when I was teaching. And they're like, why don't you help out with the youth? And I'm like, I do every day. That's literally my job. Like, I don't have to go to the youth group at a church to be able to do that. That's what I do. So I think if you have that mentality and you're willing to reach kids, it can be, it can be coaching, pastoring, it's all the same thing.
0: It really is. And uh, things are so broad. What's funny is that we tend to think of pastoring as like a job in a church. But when you look at Ephesians 5, like I don't know how many jobs and churches there were when you know Paul was talking about pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers and apostles. And so w- when you think about the pastoral calling, I, st- I tend to look at it as like a function within the kingdom of God. So the application of that can happen in a lot of different ways. And I definitely, you know, have a high regard uh, for folks who are vocational ministers, of which all three of us are. But, you know, some of the best pastoring that I've received in my life has come from people who weren't. And I think, you know, when we talk about this, those of you who are listening today, the fact of the matter is, is you may be called to be a pastor, even though maybe you're not in vocational ministry, and I think it's important to, to really kind of look at that, that, you know, what, what am I called to do within the body, within the kingdom? You know, there's a lot of churches that can't even afford to have all of the staff pastors that they want, but man, they got pastors, you know? And so uh, you know, whether you're a coach or you're in business or you're a teacher or whatever you do, God may have called you to do something that shows up on a church website as a job title, but really it's part of just who he's made. Made you to be wherever you are and wherever you happen to get your financial sustenance from and so I, I love that in Christianity there's not like a priestly class so to speak you know we're all priests and kings unto God um, and the more that we can kind of tap into that I think the, the better impact we can have on the world around us and so I, I love that you spent so much time sort of being a pastor in the world and now you're being a pastor in a church and uh, and, and it's an awesome thing to, to kind of look at and to see how all that comes together uh, we'll, we'll speaking of M kids. So I want to hear from both of you uh, about how you feel like things have been going during COVID. Like what's, what are the challenges? What are the successes? I'd love to hear any stories that you might have for us about how our, our kids are doing and how they're being reached and, and grown during this time. I know I think that y'all have done an amazing job, but I'd love to hear from you uh, sort of what it's been like from your perspective to try to minister in this very sort of strange and new way
2: well it's been um actually pretty exciting the first week that we had to pivot we're like all right what are we going to do um let's figure out something and then we quickly decided we're going to put everything online and then that just started it like i don't think for Sunday because you know we shut down happened march 13th and we're like all right this sunday we're going to just give parents the lesson but we just sent them you know whatever we had and then we're like all right we got to put something together And the next week we filmed videos and then we added intros then ministry moments and we just kept going and we expanded from one video to three and right now i think it's going really great um nothing replaces being together uh in the building so i think you know to talk about a, a challenge it's just getting used to a new way of worship um, but I think that we've adapted to it. One thing that's really amazing is that we have the incredible Amanda May that leads our M Kids Worship team. And she is wonderful. And because of that, she is able to lead kids into worship on video in a way that I don't think I've ever seen anyone else do. So when you're at home and you're in your living room or wherever you're at, you will enter into worship. And it's been really, really good. So we've we've been able to transition that really well. Um, we have a, a lot of kids that are still being a part of it; they they're still engaged. They um, tell us each week they're still watching it, so we think it's going well. And one day we'll get back together, but for now, we're definitely making this work.
1: Yeah, I think one of the major challenges that we've faced right now is that these children are growing fast. Like what one, well, eight eight months apart is a lot of time for a child's development, whether they're just born or going from fourth grade into fifth grade. And so we've missed out on a lot of time that we would have gotten with them, even with just one Sunday a week. Um, And so that's probably one of the hardest challenges right now for us is like we get to see the pictures on Instagram or Facebook of these children up and we're like, oh, I miss that. I miss them. So we miss our M kids. Uh, And we wish we could be a a bigger part of their life right now and watching them grow in person instead of through social media. So that's one of the biggest challenges right now. Um, And one of my favorite things about the way we do MKIDS right now is that we have been able to welcome in so many of our friends, our Mosaic friends, into our videos they'll do videos for us called ministry moments or prop talks or they come in and do worship alongside miss the main to and um or they'll do intros for us uh we even have our 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 friends that are children that are doing intros for us and so it's been great to be able to still be uh a church through those videos and be m kids still through those videos and so sometimes i'll put a little title on there of just a friend of MKIDS, because they're not exactly back there working on a Sunday when we were meeting together, but they sure are a friend.
0: I love that. And y'all are doing an, a fantastic job without a doubt. Uh, I would I would love to hear because I think people would like to hear maybe not any definitive hands, but just because y'all are thinking as it relates to in-person uh, services. I know obviously mo- most kids are back to school by now or going back soon. And I know early on, we kind of looked at that as perhaps, you know, a, an indication of when we might consider it, but everything's been Nothing has been as clean and straightforward as we would all like it to be. So at some point, it becomes an internal decision that we just have to make in the best interest of our own kids. So um, maybe you can break some news here uh, and tell us what y'all are thinking collectively about in-person M-Kids services.
2: So right now we have a couple things coming up first we have our virtual kidcon which is going to be december 3rd through 5th so we have things that we're using to try to supplement being together we we're supposed to have kidcon in person back in may and it's going to be our summer one then we're going to have a winter one during this time and so because of covid we missed out on that um that's coming up next but then right after that we're looking to reopen m kids sometime early 2021 and i really want to break down the reason why behind that so what is amazing to realize, and also part of the do attempt to overcome, M that M-Kids was operation week, week two. Week. And if people didn't know, we averaged 420 kids a week across our four services and M-Kids with 120 volunteers. That's a huge amount of people. And what's amazing is that all those people were willing to come in there, spend their time being a part of AMP kids. And right now we're working on making sure that everyone is ready to come back. And so we're getting in the preparation phase where we're reaching out to our key leaders, our classroom leads who are then reaching out to our classroom teachers to make sure that they're comfortable, they feel safe about coming back. We're establishing all the protocols, who has to wear a mask, who isn't gonna wear a mask, how we're gonna group them together. What's it going to look like? Some things will change automatically, like travel between classrooms. We're going to limit the amount of travel we have between classrooms. We're also going to change up how we do worship. Most likely, it will be in the classroom for each group. So there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that we're putting together that we're able to, what we're working on right now, we'll be able to have out clearly. Um, I say early 2021. Our aim is somewhere in the February first week of February range right now for us to be back together. If um, things don't look great at that point, if the numbers are continue to go up, if people aren't feeling comfortable, we'll probably just push it back one month. But right now, that's our aim is somewhere around that time. Um, and so uh, you guys can continue to check in with that. And we'll have that number penciled in. Like I said, if something changes, we'll push it again. But we are working right now actively to make sure that all the infrastructure is in place for us to come back. Um, There's so many moving parts to it. That includes the main sanctuary, how we're doing that in there, how we do registration, Which classes we open? What hallways do we open? How does Kids Corner operate? So we're working on all the moving pieces right now, but we do plan on being back together early next year.
1: Yeah. And as Keevan pointed out, as he said, we a lot, we are really working alongside a lot of our M-Kids team members in order to work out these plans. So we're sitting here and we're listening to a lot of voices that we trust uh, lead us into the right direction that we want to go for M-Kids as we start to reopen. And what's best for not just us as leaders of M-Kids, but for our team members, for our kids, for our parents, and for the church as a whole uh, in regards to bringing back M-Kids. So we are meeting regularly with people. Um, and you know what? Email us if you want to jump in on some... Uh, <laughs> Some opinions. <laughs> M kids at mosaicchurchaustin.com.
2: and also to help if you want to become a team member. You know, if you're, if you're yeah. a member of the church and you want to help out with M kids, so we can get the ball rolling, we completely welcome that as well. Um, that like we we're saying with all of the changes, we can't fit the same amount of kids into a room that we used to be able to fit. You know, if you have third graders. Can we fit 25 third graders in a room running around with no mask? No. So we're going to have to modify the way that we do things. And that's the stuff we're working on to make sure that um, it's the best possible situation for every family and team member involved. So we are working on that. We are excited about coming back really soon. Um, And we'll definitely let you know when we have a solid date nailed down.
1: Yeah, and keep us in your prayers as you guys are thinking about that as well. We are also coming along other Every Nation churches as their children's ministries are beginning to open. Our good friends in Houston are considering and wanting to, to talk and to strategize. And so there's a lot more than just us that are considering our next moves for our children in church.
0: Well, it's definitely, you know, a point of prayer and wisdom and counsel. I love when you said, you know, you keep hearing we, M-Kids is a we for sure. And it's it's the the we of the two of you. It's the we of your, you know, your volunteer team leaders, of which there are several and they're fantastic. And then it's all of the team members, you know, that, that serve M-Kids. And I, and I know they could definitely um, use help. So if you're one of those who thinks our kids need to be back in church, well, you could help bring that to pass by sending an email to mkids at I've really enjoyed having you on here today. There's so much more that we could talk about. You're both highly interesting people with great stories and great lives. Uh, but we wanted just to sort of do an overview today for people to get to know who each of you are a little bit more. And I think we've accomplished that. So I just want to thank you all for coming on today to this episode of Tuesdays are for talking. Let's get to know. PK a little bit more and miss Alyssa a little bit more. And again, just on behalf of myself as a parent at mosaic, thank you for all the work that you've been doing. Uh, and and on behalf of our church and, and our team here, thank you for all of your tireless labor and your hard work, man. And, uh, Keevan, obviously you carry a lot of weight, but listen, the video stuff is just, we can't thank you enough. It's absolutely been incredible. It's been amazing. I know you don't do it by yourself entirely, but you're carrying the the bulk of that and we really appreciate it. It has been fantastic. I mean, it's one of the best things that we've been doing during COVID. Uh, You know, there's a few other really, really great things, of course, but your work has been among the best. And so we really appreciate your commitment to excellence there and and substance and quality. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, it's been my pleasure.
0: Awesome. You're
2: welcome. We enjoy it. Thank you for having us on.
0: Thank you for being on. We appreciate it very much. We'll see y'all soon.
1: Thanks for joining us
2: for this week's episode of Tuesdays Are For Talking. For more information about how to get and stay connected to us, head over to mosaicchurchaustin.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We hope you'll make plans to join us
0: next week.